Welcome to Sharing Stories Changing Lives. Have you ever wondered how beer changed someone's life in a positive way? Well, perhaps that's not entirely true, but it's pretty close. I'm Karen Sander, your host, and today my inspirational guest is Nick McDonald, who has built a successful brewery on the northern beaches of Sydney. In many ways, it has changed Nick's life, but he also has some other special ingredients, a cocktail, courage, determination, and grit. Join us as we dive into Nick's journey, exploring the fascinating story of how one man's passion for brewing turned into a life-changing adventure. So get ready for a refreshing and inspiring conversation on sharing stories, changing lives. Welcome to Sharing Stories, Changing Lives. The host, Karen Sander, is on a mission to provide listeners with a unique podcast experience that inspires and entertains, offering insights and perspectives that may positively influence their lives. On this platform, Karen has the privilege of interviewing individuals from all walks of life, each with their own powerful and inspiring stories you won't find anywhere else. The guests open their hearts and minds to share their life experiences, and in doing so, they celebrate the remarkable impact of real tales, genuine connections, and authentic individuals. Listeners are invited to join Karen on this journey as she explores the untold stories that can truly make a difference in their lives. At the Sharing Stories, Changing Lives podcast, they wholeheartedly believe in the transformative magic of storytelling. To learn more, they can visit www.thestoryroom.au and explore their private membership area, the Backstage Pass. So, welcome Nick McDonald. It's amazing that you've now started a brewery on Northern Beaches. And I'm loving that. I love the brewery. But tell us a little bit about your background prior to 2006, pre-Bucketies. So 2006, I started off actually doing commercial real estate, so selling and leasing warehouses. I did that for about 10 years and initially loved it, learned a lot about sales and dealing with people and asking the right questions and that through my career doing that. But I didn't really want to be a salesman my entire life. and I knew that I didn't want to work for a large company. I've always dreamed of even running my own business. So but up to my 10 years with them, which was a bit of a reflection in that I wish I had jumped into my own business sooner. But you know, having the long service leave and a little bit of a buffer sort of gave me the courage in order to start my own business. And I started actually a online business in the foreign exchange trading market. Not as fancy as it sounds. I was looking to get out of real estate. I was looking for a way to make money where I didn't have to work very hard. Essentially, that was kind of like the ethos that I went into it with. And I came across this newspaper article where you could trade currencies online and you speculate on the movement of the Australian dollar versus the US dollar and that kind of thing. And if I could do that the way that this article articulated, then I'd be able to make income from working from home on the PC. So that sounded pretty good. <laughs> so I jumped into that sort of head first, realized that I'm not very good at trading, but there's a whole bunch of these services that were needed in the industry. So I started a website which had like a chat room, a community and that kind of stuff and sort of started to try and build a bit of a 
community and then over the years tried a few different ways to monetize that. We ended up charging a subscription fee to enter the community and be part of it. And then we had a whole bunch of add-ons like servers and software and all that sort of stuff as well. So that business up and it's still running today. It's got 60, 65 staff and it's all distributed well before COVID made Zoom a thing. We were sort of running a, a pretty sophisticated business completely remotely with staff dotted all over the world. So yeah, there was a lot of learning on that. That was a, a pretty wild ride for a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sort of fell out of love with that because I realized that the only people that really make money in that industry are the brokers and the banks, like the individuals like you and me. The chance of making money is it's not impossible, but it's incredibly unlikely. So I didn't want to be involved in an industry where I didn't sort of feel a passion and feel a bit of a higher purpose beyond making money. So yeah, sort of stepped away as the managing director of that business, a shareholder, but um, yeah, decided to get into something that's a little bit more fun. My wife was seeing me struggling a little bit with purpose and life and working by yourself in a home office, even though we had 60 staff, everyone's mm. fine. So there's not banter or any kind of have a few relationships but it's not like being in person so yeah she's i had a passion for using craft beer and we've always kind of dreamt about oh imagine if we started our own brewery or what if we did this or did that so yeah so anyway took the leap in 2020 basically yeah signed the lease on the property well it's amazing you know and i've listened to your story a few times and and when i caught up with you the other day i was just sitting there watching you and i thought how beer has changed your life. It's a great name for a podcast episode. Sure. But there is a misconception, and we'll come back to talking more about Bucketies. You know, let's actually talk about Bucketies now. Can you share a little bit sure. about Bucketies and how Bucketies came to be? Yeah, you know, previously I made it sound pretty simple, but it was not easy at all. Like initially, we were going to set up the brewery in the suburb of Buckety, which is about 90 minutes northwest from where we are in, on the Northern Beaches. So we got advice that this block of land that was up for sale was the right zoning and we'd be able to get it approved. So we bought the land and we spent a huge amount of money on architects and town planners, mm. invited the local community down and did a barbecue and tried to be a responsible member of the community and include everyone in that journey. And unfortunately, the DA application was rejected for a couple of very staunch people that didn't want it. They basically didn't want any kind of development was my read on it. So they pressured the council pretty heavily and they managed to get it rejected based on land use. So the land is zoned rural, but it's got the ability to put a hotel, a restaurant, a pub, an RSL, a function center. A cellar door, a winery, all of these things are 100% permitted. You can grow all of the stuff to make the beer on the property and you can sell the beer at any, any one of those licensed premises that I just mentioned, but you cannot turn it into beer on the property. So, because that turning it into beer is deemed an industrial process mm. and you can't do an industrial process on a real block. So, yeah, it got rejected, as ridiculous as that is. But, you know, it's probably worked out for the best. So, after that heartbreaking experience, my wife and I, we moved to the Northern Beaches, to Kirkall, Um, And there was a sort of a thriving 
brewery scene here. There was a couple of breweries like Seventh Day and Four Pines have been here for a long time, Nomads, Dad and Dave's. There was demand for it. Like you went to these tap rooms and they were really busy. So how about we try and bring some of that Buckety vibe, bush vibe, and bring it to, to Brookvale and see if we can do a version of it here, which is, yeah, what we did. And it is an amazing brewery, and a lot of my friends were talking about it, you know, just all that you have going on there, and you cover many aspects with music and with great beers and great wine and pool tables and dartboards and a kid's area, and it's dog-friendly, and I think, gosh, Here's a man who's thought of everything. And I'm going to say a man and his wife. Can I? Yeah. Because yeah, Alexi is very man. much a part of this. She's, yeah. She's very much. I know you you face the business and people don't realise sometimes that your partner is very, very much involved. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, can I, I think the brewery is a huge success. Would I p- be correct in your eyes? Yeah, it is. Like, you know, we didn't know if it was going to be successful and we opened it, like we tried to create a place that we would want to go. Like that was kind of the ethos, you know, we're like big fans of live music, big fans of conversation and sort of like we had some great experiences over in Munich for Oktoberfest where you're sitting around big tables and after a few steins, you become good mates with everyone sitting around you and you're just singing along to the band and it's just, such this magical moment that you have as a result of the combination of the music and the beer and all that sort of stuff. So we tried to create that and luckily it's resonated. There was obviously demand for it. I think that, you know, pubs in New South Wales particularly, they're they're so dependent on poker machines that they forget about the hospitality and consensus among these clubs is that they can't survive without poker machines. Mm. I think breweries are coming in and filling that void of what pubs used to be. Pubs used to have live bands. They used to be a meeting place. And it's kind of like what you see in as an example. Like they're this very important fabric of what makes up a village or a town in the UK. So, mm. yeah, we kind of fill in that void. You know, we put on a lot of live music. We support a lot of local teams, a lot of local charities. And seeing people lined up at the front to answer your question, wanting to come in for a beer or to watch a band is, yeah, it's like, did imagine it because I'm one of those people that kind of like envisages where I want us to go. So before we opened, I actually got my wife and the team out and I said, one day we're going to have a line out here of people wanting to come in. And it was crazy. And there's another theme in itself, daring to dream. But you said something before about conversations and I'm very much about conversations and stories that, that, that do change people's life and hence the name of this podcast. But was a misconception that Buckety's was an instant success. But I don't do know you had quite a few obstacles. You've mentioned one as in the site that you chose in the Hunter Valley region, northwest of Sydney. But there was also some other big issues just prior to opening the doors and once you opened the doors. Can you share those? Yeah, so... I like to tell so so many the woe is me stories. Oh, but, but you know um, what, Nick, I think in yeah. the in a discussion about courage, determination and grit, it's not woe is me, it's sure. how you get through the obstacles. Yeah, fair enough. So we came to Brookvale, we found a building that we liked the look of and we went to basically shook hands with the owner, signed a sort of heads of agreement and waited for the lease to come and that was when COVID started to really kick off and there was 
like the first wave of lockdowns and everyone was completely terrified about what the future held. That was when you'd see big lines of people at Nolink and that sort of stuff. We said, okay, we're not going to be able to do this right now, but we put the DA in and the DA is the big part of it. Like you find a building, pay a pile of money and sign a document and it's yours. But then for you to be able to run a business out of it, particularly a licensed alcohol business that makes beer, the approval from council is actually the really tricky part. So said, okay, we're not going to sign the lease. We're not going to be on the hook for the next 10 years and you know million dollars in rent or whatever. But we are going to continue on the track with the DA and hopefully this whole COVID thing blows over a bit and then we have the confidence we can jump back in. And the owner was amenable to that. He kind of understood it. So that's what we did. And he ended up putting a short-term tenant in the property, tiling company. And the day they went in, so we DA was sort of moving along. It was all looking pretty good. We're a few months in now, and a lot of money in. And we walked past the property, what is now Buckety's, and there's got short-term tenants in there, like smashing out walls and ripping oh, up God. tiles and like really going for it. And thought, these guys aren't just staying here for a few months. And spoke to the guy on the jackhammer. He's like, oh, no, we're going to take it for 10 years. And my heart just completely drops because I thought, well, COVID's kind of starting to time. It was starting to ease off a little bit. And we're probably at a point now where we could sign the lease and the DA's looking good. So if these guys were to lease it out from under us, we would have to start again. And it would put us back a year or two. Mm. Like it would be an absolutely devastating blow. So hadn't signed a 10-year lease, but they had put an offer in. So we ended up in the middle of COVID when everyone was freaking out and everyone's thinking that they're going to go broke. I was hoping to use COVID as a catalyst to negotiate a better lease deal, if I'm honest with you. But what ended up is we ended up getting in a bidding war for a property we'd already agreed oh. to lease and ended up paying more rent and losing our rent free. And that was the first challenge, which was tough. But we managed to lease the building. It sort of feels like a distant memory now. <laughs> And then we opened and then obviously COVID was still a, a thing and we opened in the February and the big lockdown, you know, it was like an 11 or 12 week lockdown that happened in June. So we opened and people came and it was great. It was frustrating because we were all in masks and you had to sit down and drink and so those sort of things were a lot of the fun out of it. But people came and they bought beers and we were finally getting some money coming in rather than it just flooding out, which was good. But then, yes, yeah, so we got locked down. Obviously, we had no presence in bottle shops or anything like that. So it was 100% reliant on our ability to continue to sell beer in a brewery, that, in a tap room that we couldn't mm. open. So I had this idea to turn it into a drive through So we're lucky in that our building has a front and a rear access. Yep. So we found out we were going to get locked down at the 12 o'clock and that everybody had to be out by 6 o'clock. It was a funny moment because... You know, at six o'clock it was last drinks, and then who knows what was going to happen. There were literally people running <laughs> down the road to try and get their last pint, and just <laughs> like buying four at a time. And it was it was it reminded me of like prohibition. <laughs> you know that six o'clock spill stuff. So anyway, kicked everyone out, and then he moved all the tables, like dismantled the pool table, dismantled the stage, moved the food truck, did all this sort of stuff, and we were able to open wow. the first drive-through customer at seven o'clock. The same day. Same day, yeah, an hour oh after Oh, my God, closed, Nick, I didn't realise it was the same so, day. Yeah, it was the same day. So, yeah, and that was – I like – actually like it when 
things not true i don't like it when things go bad but i feel like i perform at my best when yeah um, so when a tough situation going gets tough you get going yeah So yeah, we so we opened the drive through and it was cool. Like everyone then was scared, but it so we kept that drive through open for three months and got featured on BBC World News and Channel Seven and you want to hear all that. Is it true that you had someone playing music up in the Yeah, so we so you couldn't sing because you remember that was out at the time, but you could guitar. We had one and only like a local legend around here up on the brew deck and we'd sort of like do the mood lighting and the stage and put the PA and all that sort of stuff. So you drive through, get your growler or your takeaway pint and you'd get to enjoy music for five minutes or whatever. And to be honest, we didn't make really any money out of it, but it was a really fun thing to do. It sort of kept us sane a little bit. Yeah. And like, I guess that was possibly helping a little bit with paying the rent and paying the yeah. bills in, in general. It helped, yeah, it helped a bit. It helped a bit for sure. And But what it did do, still get now people telling me, oh, your drive-through saved me through lockdown. Like it gave them something to do. And yeah, we regularly have the whole street clogged up with people coming in to get some tacos and a, a grill. Oh, that's amazing. And so they could actually get some tacos at the same time. Yes, yeah, so we had the food truck running. So you select a little drive-through food and beer. Nick, what? actually ignited your passion brewing i shouldn't say that i'm super passionate about brewing i'm passionate about the beer industry i think that it actually is a really important part of what we are as a society it's not just about making beer and getting drunk there's a there's a bigger story to tell but i can brew but brewing is really hard it's kind of like if you're a michelin star chef or if you just make some spaghetti bolognese <laughs> Friday night, which I don't do as much as I probably should. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm any bolognese <laughs> brewer, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah, so I can, but I'm not very good at it. And it comes out, it's got alcohol in it, and it tastes okay. But, you know, if I gave it to you for free and you're my friend, you'd compliment me. But if you paid for it in a bar, you might be like, no. So you employ nice. experts or people that are great brewers. Yes, we've got Tony who's been with us since day one. He's come from Six String, so he commutes from Central Coast and he's the head brewer slash brewmaster. Yeah, so he does all of the creativity around that. And now we've got Chris and Gareth as well who are part of the brew team who have been with us for Gareth for a while now. So the three of them, yeah, they make magic magic happen with grain, hops and yeast. It does take a whole lot of grit and determination and courage. And you mentioned before that when things get tough you sort of really come into your own then and you actually are able to cope quite well. What coping strategies do you use? How do you manage to find that extra determination and the strategies? Yeah, I mean, when the going gets tough, I focus on what I can control. So I narrow my focus on right, what's something that I've got control over that I can do that's going to make a difference to move the needle. And sometimes it's a little bit hard to find that, but yeah, that's that's where I put my energy. Like focusing on what's wrong and how everything's fucked is no use. Mm. So I just focus on what's something that I can do that's going to try and get us through or solve this solution. I like the what you just said about 
the move the needle. It's not that you're trying to move the mountain, just trying to get like that little bit of, is that sort of what you mean? Just some traction? Yeah, like right now, um, we're about to do a music festival in Narrabeen tomorrow and I'm just realising our licensed area doesn't include the indoor area and it's forecast to thunderstorm all weekends. So after this, I've got to try and work out how I can get us approval. So I'm going to to call the licensing sergeant and see if I can get us an extended licensed area. Mm -hmm. So that's an example, right? What are we going to do? We could write an email or whatever and then probably won't get replied to. Whereas if I could just call directly, plead the case, we've got security and all this kind of stuff. Like the idea was it was going to be a nice sunny day and it'd be a beer garden, it'd be a cool vibe. So you're you're really, Nick, a man of action, you know. Don't just sit back and rest on your laurels. You actually get up and move mountains. Yeah, your words. (laughs) My words are always, you know. Anyway. Can you yeah. share, um, is there a story that you've not told before that relates to courage and determination and grit? It's had a big impact on you. I would say that like when I left real estate and started my own business in the foreign exchange thing, that was really hard because I had no, like I really had no financial resources. Like when I started the brewery, I had a bit of money that I'd earned from the other business because that was successful. But the first time I didn't and doing a spreadsheet all right, we've got X amount of money. We had a small house at the time. And I'm like, I'm not going to lose our house over this. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to have to go back and get another, get a job doing yeah. something, which I really didn't want to have to do, but I wasn't. So I spreadsheet and I was like, all right, we've got X amount of money, which means based on our current expenditure, we've got a runway of, I think it got down to three months. I'm like, if I can't turn this business into a success and we'll try and get some money coming in the door in the next three months, everything's finished and I like I, in my dark moments I'd go on to seek and just sort of try and get a gauge of my market value if I was to get back in the workforce and yeah I'd like pump music and you know get on the ground and do push-ups and try and find some because there's no one around me to give me that so I was trying to the juices flowing and yeah pick myself up literally off the floor and get going so and it was hard because it was when that when that business started, it's a twenty four hour uh-huh. business, and I had a great business partner who's still my business partner in the UK. So he would do the night shift, and then I do the day shift. And there was just two of us, and something might happen in the market. You know, there might be some surprise interest rate announcement somewhere in the world, and the market would go crazy, and people would lose or make money, or our software failed a couple of times, and I'd get a call three o'clock in the morning and used. Everyone uses WhatsApp now, but there was an app called Viber mm-hmm. back before that, and that had a very specific ringtone. And whenever I, like, very occasionally you still hear someone that has that app, and when I hear that ringtone, it's like PTSD <laughs> coming back at me because it would be Will calling saying, something's broken, we've lost all of this money, clients are leaving in droves, what are we going to do? And that happened a few times, and yeah, so we were on the brink of collapse a number of times so to try and find that resilience to to move forward was really really hard in those early days because if i hadn't been able to turn around in that two or three month period none of this would probably eventually so what key learnings as a business owner not just in in Buckety's, but prior to that as well what are the key learnings that you understand that have helped you yeah i mean it's like solving a problem is really important like no one wants to buy your product if it just looks nice or it does 
some sort of novel thing. Like it needs to solve a problem. And like with the first business, that was trading's a pretty lonely pursuit. So I created a place where traders could come and chat about the market and stuff. And with bucketies, there weren't many places where you could go and just kind of cut loose. And the typical bar experience is you go to a huge pub, which will have a VIP room off to the corner. There'll be muted TVs over multiple walls playing mm. sports plays from God knows when. You'll be greeted by a couple of TV security guards that are suspicious of you immediately. And if you end up having a couple of beers and laugh at your friend's joke too loud, they'll ask you to leave. Like that's mm. a typical experience. And I think that that's talking to people like treat us like an yeah. adult and allow us to have a few beers and a bit of a laugh and everything's good so that was the need that i was kind of like attacking there and then the live music was obviously on top of that it's been a, a big success but going into it, the live music wasn't going to do it but it wasn't going to be the thing if you could give one single life-changing piece of advice from all your career what advice would it be and how did it transform your life uh, I think that working with the right people is super, super important. If you're going into business with a business partner, they have to have a similar work ethic. That's like I was lucky with Will. He, my business partner, my first business, like he works hard, probably harder than me. Like I work pretty hard, but he works harder than me. In any kind of partnership, you have tensions and you get frustrated with each other and all that kind of stuff. But it's worked because we both not me so much in the business now, but in those growth periods, like we both worked our tail off and we both wanted to succeed equally. So that would be it. And then when you're hiring a team and building a team, you've got to get the right people and it's got to be people that you really trust. And if there's, if you feel like there's a bad egg in there, just get them out because a bad egg in your team can have a seriously negative impact on everyone and brings everyone down to that level. So being in tuned with, who's on your side and nurturing the people that you do have when you have good people, you know, someone like Tony, who's your brewer and he's stayed for, you know, since the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, This I would like another piece of advice. So if there's one insight or piece of advice that you could give to the listeners on how to cherish and make the most out of your life, what would that be? (laughs) How do you do it without quoting a Hallmark card? (laughs) Quote a Hallmark card. What's the question again? So, like, if you could give one piece of advice or insight to the listeners on how to make the most and cherish life, how how to make the most out of life and cherish life, what would it be? I think surround yourself with the right people. Everything's better shared and build that into everything that I do with the brewery. And, you know, I've just got a, a young family now and sort of really enjoying the moments with I have a huge amount of love and respect for pretty much everybody in my life, both personally and professionally. That's, that's the difference. Well, Nick, round it up now, but look, congratulations on creating such a wonderful space in Brookvale. You know, for those who don't know Brookvale, it's sort of a semi-industrial commercial sort of area that's becoming really cool with breweries and places where people can congregate. And you have done an amazing job. And I know it's taken hell of a lot of courage and determination and grit to actually get there and and i've seen some of it from the beginning and wow i take my hat off to you 
Yeah, thank you. I mean, it, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, Lexi as being a massive help in this. Like everyone sees me as the face of it all and the guy doing the stuff, but I have a huge amount of support at home that allows me to do these sort of things. So it's very much a partnership. So yeah, like I say, like working together, finding the right people in that. You know, I've definitely found my right person in that part of things. So that's allowed me to take a lot of risks that I probably wouldn't have taken if I didn't have that support. Yeah, well, look, I think you're very generous to everybody that comes down there and and that's what I love, and, and including myself. You know, I come down there and run an event and that's how I know it's such an amazing space that you have and uh, everyone there is generous and kind and I know the people that come along for my event just absolutely love the space. It's a very, very, very popular and warm comfortable place to be. Yes. Um, Thanks, Karen. Thank you for coming on today. It's um, been really wonderful and I know your time's really important and you've got a lot to do this afternoon in organising a wet weather place for tomorrow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That'll keep you busy. Well, what an amazing chat with Nick McDonald from Buckety's Brewery on Sydney's Northern Beaches. As you've learned, starting a business has many hurdles to jump over in order to be successful. And yes, fear did change Nick's life in a very positive way. He's found his passion. I think the message today is that courage, determination and grit, qualities needed to succeed, not just in life, but also in business. Sometimes we need to dig deep to find these skills within ourselves. What lessons did you learn today that might help you on your journey? We'd love to know. So why not join our community and treat yourself to a backstage pass to discover more amazing stories shared by ordinary people? Visit www.storyroom.au to become a member for the cost of two cups of coffee a month. And if you have a favourite inspirational story, go to the website and send it to us. So that's a wrap for this episode of Sharing Stories, Changing Lives. And I want to leave you today with an anonymous quote. Courage, determination and grit are the keys that unlock the door to your greatest achievements. I'm Karen Sander. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories on Sharing Stories, Changing Lives. Thank you for tuning in to Sharing Stories, Changing Lives. We understand that sharing stories is an awe-inspiring way to connect with others and make a positive impact on people's lives. If you're interested in getting more involved in our community and connecting with people who share your interests, we'd like to invite you to support us by purchasing a backstage pass. You can do this by visiting our website at www.thestoryroom.au. It's affordable, costing about the same as two cups of coffee each month. With the Backstage Pass, you'll gain access to workshops and exclusive content, including videos from our live events. We firmly believe in the incredible power of storytelling. And with your support, we can continue to show that sharing stories changes lives. Don't miss out on this transformative experience. Come with us on this incredible storytelling adventure. 